Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. This show's going to be a little different than some of the other shows that we do here. So it was going to be good. It's going to be a little different. There's some intrigue, and we'll... Explain here shortly why this show is different than other shows. It'll be right in your head. You'll hear about it, and hopefully it'll be be better. Uh, but we begin. Where to begin? Well, the story of the night here uh, is in northern Ohio, where the magic of the NBA writers was in full effect here. Now, LeBron James had a night. He had a night, and then some, for Cleveland. And since the entire basketball world apparently revolves around LeBron James, uh, certainly in the Eastern Conference, uh, where, where, where do we begin here? Well, LeBron, he had 44 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. That's a tremendous stuffing of the stat sheet and is required. I think common sense says if you're completely impartial here. You look at the Cavalier roster, and it ain't good. So... LeBron's going to have to do that with the shaky supporting cast. So uh, it's all about the end of the game. Right? King James, as he is uh, called, the king. Oh, boy. Uh, he's that game-winning fall-away three-point shot at the buzzer. 
and then jumps on the scorer's table uh, to celebrate the championship. The Cavaliers winning in the best-of-five matchup, three games to two. Uh, unfortunately, the NBA needs you to win four games. Uh, but they were they were living it up, right? Living it up, enjoying it. Why not? But it's what happened before that shot that matters, right? That's where we need to get to, and it goes back a couple of plays. Thaddeus Young, of all people, who actually had a, a very sound performance for Indiana, he did the thing that no one seemingly does, shut down LeBron James on a drive to the basket. Now, normally, when LeBron, if you've watched the NBA at all, even if you're blind Scott, you know that when LeBron drives the lane, what happens? It's normally the parting of the Red Sea, and LeBron, it's, it's, it's like a traffic break from the highway patrol, and LeBron just kind of does his thing, and it's open sailing on the highway to the basket. But on this particular play, that didn't happen. Thaddeus Young stood his ground, and LeBron fumbled and bumbled the basketball. The ball went out uh, of bounds. And the Pacers called a timeout. So they got the ball back. And then Victor Oladipo zips past LeBron James. Damn, just past LeBron, just like that. And he goes past LeBron James. LeBron looking very slow. And on back-to-back plays looking bad. He makes it all the way to the basket, Oladipo, for a layup attempt. Clearly beaten by Oladipo. King James then attempts to make up lost ground and block Oladipo's shot, which would have been fine. There would have been nothing wrong with that particular play by LeBron James had he not committed goaltending by bouncing the ball off the backboard. Here's how it sounded. Oladipo matched up with James. Five to shoot. Oladipo makes his move. Drives to the rim. Oh, it's blocked by James. And the Cavaliers will have possession with three seconds to go. That ball may have hit the backboard. No, not may have hit the backboard. No, 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 no. Not, no, no may. That's a weasel word. All right? Weasel. 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 No may. It hit the backboard. The backboard could have broken. It was hit. No may. May, may. May's a month. We're almost into May. It's almost the end of April. We're almost into May. Right? We're moving on. Right? <laughs> Take May out of the equation. So that, let's, let's talk about it. So with three seconds left, tie game. Uh, then LeBron hits uh, the game winner. We'll get into it now. Some are saying, some are saying that that blown call doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Why are they saying that? Well, LeBron James hit a three pointer. So simple math, right? If Oladipo's basket had been good, which it should have been, any well reasoned basketball observer will say that's good. It's goaltending. So Indiana's up by two. Well, then LeBron James hits a three pointer. Fine. Cavaliers win by a point instead of winning by three. So the question is, do you agree or disagree with that position? I'll go first. I strongly disagree. My viewpoint on this, you've got conspiracy theories, you've got DNA, and you've got the back pocket. All right, you got all three of those things. We'll put everything together for you, make it very simple. We'll lock everything uh, together and bind them so it's easy for you. Now, first of all, there is no debate. Uh, you can take all of your favorite weasel words and you can put them aside. LeBron James got away with a gigantic mistake from the officials. It was a humiliating stretch of basketball for LeBron. The old ABCs, right? The ABCs. A, 
Thaddeus Young stopping LeBron on a drive. Ooh, embarrassing. B, Oladipo had LeBron beaten on a layup. Ooh. And C, then LeBron goaltending. A, B, and C. Victor Oladipo's layup hit the backboard clearly before LeBron James swatted it. You heard the announcer can't say yes because he's, he works for the NBA or whatever, an NBA partner, so he's got to use weasel terminology. NBA rule. I looked it up for you because I know you're lazy and you won't do it and you're working or whatever or you're in prison. Uh, NBA rule number 11, basketball interference goaltending. During a field goal attempt, listen closely. There will be a quiz on this. During a field goal attempt, touch a ball after it has touched any part of the backboard above the ring level, whether the ball is considered on its upward or downward flight, goaltending. Penalty. If the violation is at the opponent's basket, the offended team is awarded two points. Did that happen here? Uh, Indiana didn't get those points. They didn't. Now, the spin doctors are claiming that the officials can't review the call because it was called on the court. The NBA continues to feed conspiracy theories with these kind of shady decisions. That's back-to-back nights that the NBA has done this because in the Milwaukee-Boston game at the Garden, there was a clear 24-second shot clock violation. The Celtics got the benefit of the doubt in that one when Al Horford still had the ball and it hadn't left his hands and all that. So that was a 24-second violation. They also said, well, we can't review that. And here, another one, another one. Can't Clear as day, can't review it. Adam Silver, the jellyfish. Now, he, he approves of this. Like, the commissioner likes this. Right? In, in the NBA, you know, they'll, they'll spin up. The little two-minute report will come out, and they'll say, oh, that was a mistake, whatever. But... It was not a block shot. It was an effort at a block shot, but it wasn't a block shot. It's very straightforward. Now, the second thing here, it is wrong to assume that this blown call didn't matter, right? And this is one of those things where if, if you're an if if you listen to the show regularly, I like to think you're maybe a little better than the other people. But if you're if you're a low information fan, which maybe you're not, I hope you're not. But if you're a low-information fan, you'll claim, well, hey, LeBron James made the three-pointer, so that's the end of the debate. doesn't matter. But if you know anything about basketball, anything about basketball, you know that that position makes you sound like a rube. Right? Patently wrong. Had the Oladipo layup been good, we talked about this in our production meeting, had the Oladipo layup been good, Indiana would have been leading that game 97 to 95 with three seconds left. There is, listen, be very clear. There is no way on God's green earth that LeBron James takes that shot down by two. No way. Use the left side of your brain, the logic center. No way that happens. Zero chance LeBron takes that shot. We can all agree on that. It is not in his basketball DNA to take a shot like that unless the game is tied. What would he have done instead? He would have driven to the basket. He would have taken maybe a mid-range jump shot. I say he would have tried to get the foul. Only three seconds, not a lot of time to get a foul. There was a foul to give that Indiana didn't use. That's a different conversation. But let's say he had taken the mid-range jump shot, then the game would have been 
decided either on that going to overtime or if it was no good, the game would have ended right there. It's also possible he would have passed to one of his bumbling teammates in Cleveland. Unlikely, but an option. The least likely scenario is LeBron takes a three-point shot. If down. So that did matter. Now the final word here. Cleveland is doing a tightrope walk to beat the Pacers. Now fortunately, it would appear, based on this result, they've got the officials in their back pocket. You had this, you had the Oladipo two fouls early, back when he was actually playing good. This is a pernicious situation for the Cavaliers going forward. LeBron is past his basketball prime, his athletic prime anyway. He's 33 now. He's exerting a lot of energy against what is supposed to be a lesser opponent. Now, Victor Oladipo, who looked very good at the beginning of the series, has regressed. He was a dreadful 2 of 15 for the Indiana Pacers in this game. Should have been 3 of 15, but still. DeMontis Sabonis led the way. He had 22. Look at these. These are not intimidating people. Bojan Bogdanovich, Trevor Booker, Corey Joseph, names like that, that have pressed the Cavaliers in pretty much all of these games. It has been an exhausting series for Cleveland. And LeBron, they have aspirations of going to the finals. Understandable. However, the Cavs are going to have to get a whole lot better, and there's no trades that they're they're going to be able to make, so it's going to have to do it with this. Now, fortunately... The road is not filled with potholes. And Toronto's, um, they've got issues. They, they need to have a good shrink there, the Raptors. And it looks like they'll probably play in the next round. But uh, yikes, yikes, yikes. I say this here real quick before we, uh, we press on here. You've got Victor Oladipo who confirmed the Maller analysis on that final play. Was it or wasn't it the you-know-what? I got to step on him. Felt like I even got grabbed on the way to the rim. That's right. Uh, yep. I tried to shoot a layup. He hit the backboard. He appreciated. Then he blocked it. Replays, I guess you guys can see. So I guess it's a tough play at the time for him, but it was a go ten. Yeah, it was. Uh, how about LeBron? LeBron, you, you you know you saw. Right? I mean, admit it. I mean, you got the call, right? You admit you got the call. You got the LeBron rules. Yes, you did, right? You at least you'll admit that. Yes, Good. I definitely thought it was a goal team. That's right. Of course, I didn't That's think right. it was a goal team, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try to make plays like that all the time, and I mean, he made a heck of a move, got me leaning uh, right, and he went left, and I just tried to use my recovery speed. Boy, LeBron did look old though in those last couple of plays before he hit the three point shot. Like he gets. He gets defended by Thaddeus Young and is completely blown past by Victor Oladipo. That's not what you'd expect from LeBron on those two particular plays. Uh, we'll uh, we'll take some phone calls now. We'll bring in Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia. Now this is one of our favorite nights here. Favorite nights on the show. It's different than all the other nights. Uh, I've often bragged, I've celebrated the fact that we have the worst consistent calling group in all of sports radio, and we're very we're very consistent with that on a nightly basis because the same seven people call every night. Uh, but now I present to you the April edition of Newbie Night. We look forward to hearing from some new voices. That's right. Now you say what and is, some fresh opinions, perhaps. What is what is newbie night? Well, this is 
trial by fire is what it is. You are put on the air. Now we we give the night off to our paid regular callers, the people that we send checks to. Weed man hippie, for example, you will not be hearing him tonight. Uh, you will not be hearing him. Angry Bill and his dog fetish will not be calling in. You won't get any of that. Uh, Joe the drunk in San Antonio will not be calling in, cursing on the air, so you won't hear from him. Uh, who who else is that? Mark the full name Mark guy. The full name. He hasn't called in a while. He's in Oregon. He's in Medford, Oregon. He's, Tammy in Montana. Yeah, no Tammy in Montana. She's still mourning the loss of the testicle festicle festival. I love her balls. There you go. Exactly. Your girlfriend Rachel will not be calling. No in. Rachel music tonight. We will not have that. And uh, we we do have no! people have been asking about the talent show, and we're planning on doing that. We're gonna get through the NFL draft this week, and then we'll set a date sometime in May for the talent show. Looking forward to and, that, yeah. that is something we've been looking forward to be, for quite some time. It's gonna be fun. We yeah. thought the payoff on that for a while. We were teased that it was gonna be at the casino in Vegas at Weed Man's birthday, but that's apparently not gonna happen. So it'll just be for the purposes of the show. It was it was for his birthday. I was unaware of that. Well, yeah, July twenty eighth, but it was gonna be his birthday. But then Mercury's in retrograde, so that's oh, why it didn't work out. If Mercury wasn't in retrograde. Yeah, then brother, our friend. Virgo in service, uh, let us know. Remember, Weed Band was freaking out by that. And it turned out she was right. She nailed it. She was absolutely correct on that. Absolutely. So, and, and as I was, listen, people, no, maybe no one will call. I don't know. We always say this. I mean, we, we usually do pretty well, but this could be the night that no one calls. No, people will call. No, Pe- I don't know. People have reached out to me on social media yeah, and wanted to confirm yeah. if confirm. this is, in fact, okay. a newbie night. So no, I think night, it's uh, something that people have been looking forward to. Okay. Yeah. So uh, stop your, your complaints that we have. We have. Preferential treatment to the people, the good old boys network, the people that call up every night. That's Coop's already on the phone. There's already people being put on hold. Ringing, ringing through. All right, Operators are standing by. Uh, yes. Or one operator. Yes. But wait, there's more. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So the Oklahoma City Thunder looked like they were planning a nice tropical destination for their vacation for most of the the beginning of the game that was played, game number five between Oklahoma City and Utah, it was a rat-kill situation. How bad was it? Uh, the Utah Jazz were essentially scoring at will, doing whatever they want, treating Oklahoma City like a piece of Play-Doh. And they were having their way there, just going nuts. Uh, and you knew it was going to be an amazing night because Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder had 27 points and was knocking down three-point shots at seemingly a very rapid rate early uh, and, and often in this particular game. Things were going great. Everyone in the Jazz starting lineup seemingly was, was, was working very well. The Jazz... Three-point shooting for a while was pretty good there. Looked looked great. A 25-point lead. Dominate. First half, outscored Oklahoma City by 15 in the first quarter. You talk about neutralizing the elements on the road in a playoff game, a a chance to advance, and 10 more points in the second. So they had, at halftime, Oklahoma City was trailing by 25 points at halftime. And... Some people were making a big deal because people were leaving the arena and people stopped watching the game. There, there's no reason to keep watching a game when someone falls behind by 25 points. 
And just because it turned out to be the exception to the rule does not mean that you should, in the future, always watch when a game's a blowout. No, you, you leave the game like that. No one needs to apologize if they stop watching that game. There's no, there's no reason to keep watching. There was another game going on also, which wasn't much of a game either in the second half, between Houston and Minnesota. But let's get down to the story here. The story is what happened in the second half and the fact that the Oklahoma City Thunder stormed back, stormed back, facing elimination, and they, they were unleashed as the line goes, right? The the rabid beast from Oklahoma City, the monster, has left the cage. All these star players finally stepping up, right? They had been so quiet. They had been neutered, but no more. And you had the, the MVP from last year, Russell Westbrook, 33 points in the second half. He only had 12 at halftime, had 45 in the game. All the way back, 25 down. Amazing. Just, a, I mean, my God, what a heroic comeback. And so now what's happened is the, the NBA media has just taken the ball and run with it. Right? They have just gone on and on and on. Now, this was a fight or flight situation for Oklahoma City, and it certainly did not look like they had any fight in them at halftime. So let's discuss. Now, the question is this. Right? The question is, and it's better stories than losing the locker room, but are you buying the mainstream media narrative that the ball-washing NBA media has come up with here that this is all about Russell Westbrook and this gladiator-like comeback for Oklahoma City? Uh, now, I'm going to go first here. I'm going to go no on that, and the reason I'm going to go no is it's misleading. Right? It's misleading. It's another one of these things where nuance is required, and the knuckle-dragging basketball fan, uh, the the casual observer, might not get the nuance in this, so we'll we'll go down point by point. But I've got myth-making, reality, and manipulation. Those three things stood out to me in Oklahoma City rallying back, and it's it's pretty difficult to defend. That's an indefensible act when you blow a 25-point lead if you're the Utah Jazz, but there are some layers to this. Now, first of all, Let's start with the myth-making. Right? Let's start with the myth-making because that's important. right? The, the story of Russell Westbrook, the, the myth-making there, the popular legend, and, uh, and the, the media go out of their way to tell the tale of Russell Westbrook. Uh, now, I am not on Team Westbrook. I'm an outlier. I believe he is toxic. I'm not changing my position because of this particular performance. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not. He plays hero ball. I believe he is someone that brings teams down, doesn't rise teams up. This is odd saying that uh, because of the outcome of this game, the second half performance. But Russell Westbrook and Paul George had had 79 total points uh, in this game. George had 34. Carmelo Anthony was locked to the bench. And I was, like many people, preparing the eulogy. For the Thunder, uh, we were going to have a funeral. We were going to bury them. It would have been nice, uh, but now we have to wait to bury them. They haven't passed away yet. Uh, Russell Westbrook outscored Utah thirty-three to twenty-eight in the final twenty minutes. This adds to the folklore. This adds to all of that—the building up of Russell Westbrook. And so, congratulations on that. But the second thing here is the reality, right? And the reality is. 
that if you understand how this was able to take place, now the Utah Jazz sucked at a time you could not, you should not suck, but it comes down to one guy, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, call him the Great Wall of Basketball, the the old Berlin Wall, whatever you want to call. It. The the game flipped. This game flipped when Rudy Gobert got in convenient foul trouble. Right when he picked up his fourth and fifth foul, and when he had to come out of that game, the big fella, as they call, him, when he came out, the roof caved in. Right, the the whole thing, the, the you know, the praising of Quinn Snyder and the celebration of the Utah Jazz, who do play great team basketball, but the way they have been able to neutralize Oklahoma City's offense for most of this series was with Rudy Gobert's defense in the middle, and when he left, they had nothing. Right, nobody picked up the slack, and that led directly to the comeback. Right? That led directly to the comeback, and if Rudy Gobert stays in that game, you know, for the ifs and buts, candy and nuts game, but the destination is reached if you're the Utah Jazz, right? Now, that didn't happen, but we're having a much different conversation, and instead of people trying to prop up Oklahoma City now that they're going to come back and win this series, it would have been Russell Westbrook who was doing some soul-searching and introspection and things like that. Let's let's hear from Quinn Snyder. Now, Quinn Snyder was getting celebrated here, and there were people patting him on the back and saying how great a coach he was a couple days ago, and the Jazz certainly play with some grit and some some things that we, we like uh, in the NBA, but this is uh, a great in, indictment of of one, one Quinn Snyder that his team blew a 25-point lead. So uh, defend your team there, Coach. Go ahead. A 20-point lead in the NBA is not safe, especially when you've got <laughs> two guys like Russell and Paul that can do what they did. Yeah, Let's look up the percentage of times a team goes up by 20 points and loses. Uh, you'll be shocked how often the team up by 20 actually wins the game. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a guarantee, right? But if you're, you're up by 25 points in a game and you're supposedly the you – know, team that's playing better in the series, come on. It's, uh, it's, it's a bad job. Now, again, it's directly related to to Rudy Gobert and the fact that he got into foul trouble. Was it legitimate foul trouble? Was it illegitimate foul trouble? But he had a plus seven, right? So he was out there, the uh, the Jazz were plus seven, and he left, and the, uh, the, the roof came caving in. All right, here's a Ricky Rubio, who I'm sure Westbrook's all happy because not only did the Thunder win the game, but Rubio didn't shoot the ball very well, so uh, that's that makes him feel pretty good. Uh, here's uh, Ricky Rubio, who's very excited about some uh, nice home cooking. It's on us. I think we need to do a better job. You got to give them credit. They made a lot of shots. They took the pride and forced the game six. But we going home. We got to be strong on with confidence. Okay. Uh, uh, what do you want me to say? Racist. No, I'm just, listen, what are you going to say? Oh, uh, we are not confident we're going to lose this game. We believe we are not going to win. We've determined that we don't want to go home. Our fans are terrible. We hate playing in Salt Lake City. What's he going to say? I mean, of course he's going to say that. All right, let's hear from Rudy Gobert there. He fouled out. That was it. See you later. Out of there. And that that single act directly 
led to Russell Westbrook and the Thunder being able to pile up the points and come back. Uh, let's hear from Gobert. The what was it legit? Were those foul calls legit? I had a few stupid fouls that were on me. Fourth foul that was uh, invisible, and uh, that's on me. You know, I gotta be smarter and uh, and avoid the, those first three fouls and don't put my team in this position. All right. Well, good for you. It's the uh, you sound like what's that cartoon character? No, you don't. No, I don't. No, Pepe Le Pew. I don't know what you're talking. About. No, Homer Simpson sounds like Homer Simpson. Why you gotta go? Why you gotta go to stereotypes? Why do you have to go to French stereotypes? Go! All right. The, the last thing here. All right. The last part of this. Do I think Oklahoma City is going to come back? No. Right. I mean, let's look at this objectively. Russell Westbrook did whatever he wanted at the, the end of the game because Gobert went out, and Oklahoma City still only won the game by eight points, and they were at home. They're going into a pit of vipers, Mormon vipers, in Salt Lake City, right? So they're going into Salt Lake. It's going to be crazy and all that, which is, you know, I think that's overblown, but still generally home teams win more than road teams. And it really comes down to whether or not the referees are in the tank for Oklahoma City because – the only way, the only way that the Thunder can win these last two games and come back and win this series is if, A, the referees dictate that with some invisible foul calls, as my friend from France just said, Rudy Gobert there, or snap, crackle, pop. And Gobert, who's been known to hurt himself at times in the you know, last year against the Clippers, he, he goes out with injury. Outside of that, there is no way, mark my words, there is no way, outside some shady activity with the referees and foul trouble with Gobert or an injury, if Gobert's on the court and it's played straight, then the Utah Jazz win and they will advance and they will play the Rockettes in the second round of the playoffs, who I want to point out, uh, Utah, they won that game against the, uh, the pathetic Minnesota Timberpuffs uh, so the, the Timber Puffs are out of the playoffs. But another good night for me because James Harden and the other guy, the old guy, Chris Paul, combining, they were 14 out of 37 from the floor. Again, against a better opponent, that is a game the Rockets lose. The Timber Puffs are a joke. They're a fraud. They tried to recreate the old Chicago Bulls. It didn't work out, and it's time. You know how you gut a fish? They've got to gut that roster now, and they've got to make some some changes. Good luck on that. We say hello to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Judas Garcia, it's a newbie night on the Ben Mather Show. It sure All is. New callers. Wonderful first hour. I'd give it a 10 plus, plus, plus. Yeah, I was going to ask you how you think Newbie Night's going, but since they've all called in to kiss your ass, I I know what you think of it. You think it's wonderful. You guys are upset. I know. You like the usuals. You you guys are creatures of habit. This is bad radio. It's not bad. It's wonderful radio. Terrible. We should do Newbie Night every night. But that. But I am glad to hear from some new voices. And we have no, a, a you're full... not. You ripped them all. You think they no, all? No, I just all wish bad. that These are uh, they wouldn't people. call in. Lick, lick your toes. They're not as licking you like my. The guy's busting his ass at WB Mason. You're ripping him. Uh, we had the the other guys driving all over the Midwest. You ripped him. Ben, Twitter is always fair and honest. No, it's not. And on Twitter, all the militia seem to agree with what Eddie just said. That's incorrect. You're that's called go, sh- you're no, cherry go look picking. At twi- no, I'm not. I, I got my Twitter. Tweet after I got my tweet after tweet after tweet. Eh, after tweet. Eh, 
Incorrect. You're the one who cherry picks. Yeah, yes. Uh, you, no. If we, get, if we get one newbie that can actually stand up to you on a take, yeah. then it'll be a legit newbie night. You guys are jealous. No. You're jealous. They're afraid no. of you. You are you're ben, you, ben, you always preach about how the best radio is push and shove and people not agreeing and debate. Oh, disagreement right, wonderful, right. yes. But, but if everybody just calls up and kisses up to you and sucks your toes, yeah. then it goes against well, what you say is the best radio. The problem, though, is that I'm right about all these key issues in sports. There's no animosity here. How can anyone, anyone who's got half a mind have any bad blood? Now, I would like a, a, a low... You know, low-information, dopey Oakland athletics fan. I don't think these people exist. I think they're Russian bots. I would love to have that happen. I want to hear someone who's – not Coop's pretending to be a, an A's fan because he's trying to defend Otani. But I, I also like the fact that I, I sent out a tweet about uh, Otani, and it somehow got twisted into an attack – an assault on the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, you pissed off Peter Gammons. I know. Peter Ga- I had no idea Peter Gammons had that, <laughs> that, that amount of influence. As he, ben, uh, in our youth, that dude down. was like a god of baseball. No, I agree. You, you I, I made yes. him mad. I upset Peter Gammons, and so the defenders— You upset one of the baseball yeah. gods. The you're, defen- you're basically a bad person. <laughs> I'm, I'm, going, I'm a heathen. You should have stayed at home under your covers. <laughs> I know. I'm the villain, right? I'm, I'm the slime ball. I, I dared say something that's right. I went against popular well, it, it opinion. It wasn't about, right, but No, you it was said absolutely it. correct. Right, uh, absolutely correct. And because you got a bunch of lap dogs for the narrative of baseball, trying to pump up Otani, who's been terrible his last two starts. And I would, I think he's starting against Baltimore next. I think so. He'll probably be good in that start because the Orioles aren't a very good team. And so then it'll be back on, right? It'll be all oh, Otani's wonderful. How great is Otani? They'll go on and on about that. But uh, when he plays the good teams, not Oakland, they won't be a good team. They had a couple of high scoring games, whatever. Uh, but fine. So. I again, I put a date on my phone. I will, I will not reveal that date until we reach that date, and then I will look back and I will laugh at you, and I will laugh at you, and I will laugh at you, and I will hold you. I am such a radio loser. I will. It's a tradition here. I will uphold the truth in broadcasting that we do. Other people are afraid to do this, right? They just they tow whatever the popular opinion is. Oh, Tony's great. Two terrible starts, but oh, he's wonderful. Oh, he's got a boo-boo. He's got a blister. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. All right, let's go do it. Here we go. Let's do it right now. Three fifths, one it's second. Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. And back to Koopa Loop. He's eating chow mein right now, and uh, what do we have? It's actually steamed rice. Oh, yes. White or brown rice? White. Racist. All right, next. Then a report says that Hassan Whiteside wants to meet with Heat officials about his future with the team. Ben, do you think that Whiteside gets traded, and if so, what will the market be like for a guy with $50 million over the next two years? Yes, I do believe, A, he will be traded. He's 28 years old, so he's entering the prime years as an athlete. And Whiteside, even during this last couple of years stretch here, he's averaged a double-double. He led the NBA in rebounding last season. A year before, I believe he led the way in blocked shots. And B, the NBA, this is a league where players all need to be pampered and coddled. All professional athletes do. But he needs extra massages for his ego. I would expect several desperate teams who need a little gusto to make that move. I would keep an eye on the Lakers. Shout out Magic Johnson. 
I would keep an eye on the Dallas Mavericks. I would take a look at the Chicago Bulls as possible destinations for one Hassan Whiteside. But the rumor mongering, once it starts after the NBA Finals, Whiteside is going to be prominently mentioned in the NBA offseason. Next. Broncos all-star cornerback Chris Harris told reporters over the weekend that he doesn't want the team to draft a quarterback with the fifth pick, pointing out that the Broncos are, quote, trying to win now and don't have time to wait. Ben, does he have a point? No, it's outdated thinking. First of all, what Chris Harris is really saying is he doesn't want your Broncos to draft the wrong quarterback. If you draft the right quarterback, it works out. Secondly, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz doing most of the heavy lifting. Jared Goff turned the Morbin Rams into a playoff team. It took both those guys two seasons. So that should be the new expectation. You draft a quarterback within two years, you get great production. Who would who would disagree with that? So it's not it's not it's not right what Chris Harris said. I know why he said it, but it's it's old school thinking. All right, next, three bits, one segment. Now, Ben, apparently a Warriors reporter was uh, pulled from coverage for allegedly stealing a jacket from a team staffer. I saw that, like a longtime Bay Area TV guy. Yeah. Yes, Ben, uh, what's the best thing that you've ever borrowed while on a media assignment? Well, I'm not a criminal, as you know, Koopa Loop. I don't do that kind of stuff. I think the coolest thing I've gotten, uh, well, there's a few knickknacks. I, I was at the Pro Bowl years ago. And the Patriots' safety at the time was a guy named Lawyer Malloy. He left his practice jersey on a table and left the stadium. And like it was like, he, and so I took it. It was right there. He gave it to me, uh, essentially. And uh, and there, was, oh! there were a lot of baseballs, a lot of foul balls and, and whatnot during batting practice, stuff like that. All right, there it is, Mallard of the third degree. How do we do quick? Benny passes it. I won the game. I won it. I won. That's. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.